All right, welcome back to the big program. Always uh, glad, always happy, always excited to welcome in our Tuesday co-host, former Edmonton Oiler and Hockey Hall of Famer, Grant Fuhr. Good morning, Grant. How are things going down south? I'm good, thanks, Kevin. You? Good, good up here. We're uh, experiencing very mild temperatures, Grant, but not like where you are. Have you been able to hit the links in the last few days here in the last week or so? Yeah, actually, I played a lot of golf the last week or so. I think I've played, so what, four or five times in the last seven, eight days? Ooh, beautiful. So, hmm. we get some warm weather finally. We're back up into the 80s, so life's not bad down here. And Coachella Valley was on the road, uh, so that gives you the opportunity. Uh, we're, they were in Texas, right? Yeah, we went to Henderson and then from Henderson to Texas, where boys had a pretty successful trip. Mm-hmm. I get five out of six points. Well, so that's good. Jumped up into first place, so it, it was a good trip for the guys. Was there some roster movement uh, with Seattle here with the All-Star break? Yeah, they sent Devin Shore down yesterday, so we're waiting here today whether we're going to get Devin back or not. Other than that, it's been pretty steady. Hmm. We got Jan- John Hayden back for the road trip, so that really helps us a lot. When is but the when, that's been pretty steady? When, when's the AHL All Star break? Uh, what do we? I think we're coming up in another week or so. We've got a busy week this week. We've got mm-hmm. the next Wednesday, Thursday against Calgary. Then we've got Tucson in here on Saturday. Then I believe we hit the All Star break. So busy times, I guess, for both. Uh, well, Coachella Valley and uh, Seattle, and I mean. Seattle, uh, when you look at uh, the Kraken, I mean, they're in San Jose tonight. So that would be a, probably, I would that's their last game before the break, or do they have one more? I'd have to check on that. But um, uh, I think it's their last game before the break. Mm-hmm. So uh, things are just sort of uh, kind of paring down as it always is uh, before the break and then after how they kind of split the teams up. Uh, we were, we've been talking about the, the All-Star break kind of all morning, Grant, and what do you remember about, I guess, your the times that you were – Named to the all-star team. You were named, I believe, five times, but the 87 one is where uh, we'll talk about it in a bit. But just being an all-star in general, what did it mean to you? You know what? It's fun. I think that's the first and foremost. And it, it's recognition for what you've accomplished in the first half of the season. I mean, so if you do happen to get named an all-star, then you've got something to build on for the second half of the season. But no, it was always an honor to be named to the all-star team. And it was always fun to play in the game. 84, I believe, was your first one. What do you remember about that first one? Because it obviously, anytime something happens for the first time, it's something special. You know what? It's always kind of cool. It wasn't one I expected, that's for sure. So, no, you get a chance to play in an all-star game, and I believe Gilles Malosh was my partner in the first all-star game. So, it's one of those that goes by so fast that you really don't take the time to enjoy it. Where was it at? I can't. Even, uh, do you remember where it was at and the experience, kind of, Grant? Oh, where was the first one? The first one, I'm not mistaken, I think was in Washington. I'm going to try to punch it up here. Uh, 36th annual, the 36th. They didn't have an annual kind of thing. Uh, does this, was it East Rutherford? Would that yep. make sense? Okay. Yeah. So Jersey, played one in Jersey, one in Washington, one in Hartford, one in St. Louis. Calgary and Edmonton. So maybe we're okay. I got 84 as your first one. So maybe 85, the next one might have been Jill Malosh. Would Murray Bannerman been your guy for the first one? Um, 
I don't know if I played with him, but hmm. that I don't remember. I'm just looking at the rosters here, Grant, and just sort of punched him up because I I didn't really know we were. I thought we were going to kind of talk some other the other ones and the other uh, uh, for the Wales conference. It was Pete Peters and Chico Rush were the goalies. So that makes sense. So here we are, yeah, 1984. That's you know 40 years ago. So man, oh man, um, I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, the game summary. It, uh, let me just see. It looks like there were 13 goals scored. Uh, it sounds like an all-star game. <laughs> oh, boy. So when you were from the first one to as the years progressed, obviously the Oilers had better and better teams, and there were more and more Oilers that were named to the all-star team. Way different than what it is now. But what about in 1986 when there were nine players? Uh, what did you think of that uh, that game in particular where there were so many Oilers on the team? Uh, you know what? it just shows how good our hockey club was where if you could have anywhere from six to nine guys in our squad. I mean, that just showed what a great hockey team we had and how dominant our team was at that time. Did, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, not animosity, maybe jealousy. Did other teams around the league go, Holy smokes. You got nine guys plus Glenn Sather and the whole like Barry Stafford. I'm sure Sparky was there. The whole training staff. Uh, what was the feeling from other teams around the league? Uh, you know what? It, you never really, they didn't say anything. So I'm sure that other teams thought they had players that were deserving. I mean, that happens every year. It doesn't matter whether you pick one from every team or whether you just take the best players. Everybody thinks that somebody on their club's deserving and you can only have so many guys. The 1987 one, the All-Star was different because it was Rendezvous 87. So, uh, take us back to that kind of experience and, and how that dynamic worked. Uh, the 80, what was it, 80, 86, 87, we played the Russians mm-hmm. we, up in Quebec City for two games. So, again, you get picked to play on the team, and you're not sure how much you're going to play because it's an all-star game, but I managed to play both games. Okay. So it kind of went along with everything we did in 87. I, I get to play a lot of the exhibition games, played Canada Cup, Played, I think, 75 regular season games. Played all the playoff games. So it, what a couple more games wasn't going to hurt anything. Huh. What was that, uh, the difference, I guess, you know, because the traditional All-Star that you'd seen, and then you go into this kind of the uh, the rendezvous, 87? Well, I think the biggest difference was the games were a little more competitive and a little more serious. I mean, the All-Star game is a lot of fun because guys like to score goals, and All-Star games are about scoring goals. Whereas when you play the Soviets, you want to beat them. So the games are a little more competitive, a little meaner, but also a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of looking, the, the Soviet team was paid you know, a fee, and you guys raised money for the pension fund. Do you remember that? I Actually, I don't remember exactly what we were raising money for, but I mean, you're just happy to be there. I think that's the biggest thing. Was the roster, again, there were so many players that were selected and they split them up. Uh, was it harder in the sense that there were so many guys on that roster for uh, for the rendezvous? I just meant more guys were going to play. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing. And, again, you won. Being an all-star was fun because it meant you had one of the better first halves of the season. So, it, with our club, you were going to win a lot of games. I mean, you didn't have to be the greatest. You were definitely going to win a lot of games. So it's just kind of a nice bonus. Mm-hmm. 
so game one, it was a 4-3 victory for the NHL All-Stars. And, of course, as you said, you were in net. Game number two, the Russians won 5-3. So were, I guess, the roster with the Russians, was it a lot different than you, than you can remember for the Canada Cup? No, I think they brought over pretty much a similar team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the one thing is they always brought good hockey clubs over. Even when they were club teams that we played against when I was in Edmonton, they always brought teams that were good. There was nothing they were going to do to get embarrassed. Yeah. Was there a, a Russian or two in particular that you remember and go, yeah, that guy was pretty darn good? Well, they had that one group of five. Uh, Fedosov and Kazatonov played mm-hmm. together, Krutov, Larionov, and Makarov. Hmm. So that, that was a pretty good, as good a line as you're going to see. Was the style still, um, did, could you notice a lot different of the style that you saw, I guess, in, in the Canada Cup that you would be, I guess, familiar to in the NHL? A lot of it was puck possession. Mm-hmm. The Soviets were about puck possession and looking for the perfect shot, which was the biggest difference from the NHL, whereas NHL guys will shoot from anywhere. The Soviets wouldn't do that. They wanted to move the puck around to get the perfect shot. And for me, that was probably the biggest adjustment is you thought a guy had a wide open shot, but he might not take that. He might look for a better opportunity. And it was semi-similar to the way we played as a club. And Glenn Sather wanted us to be puck possession and, create offense that way. And the Soviets played fairly similar. What was the difference in the sense of how the team was selected? Because again, NHL all-star team uh, with players from across the world. So you had, you had players from Finland on the team and you had, you know, players from Sweden as well as the United States. Uh, What was that dynamic like? Uh, You're just picking the best players in the league. Mm -hmm. I think that's, that was the biggest thing is, Nobody really thought about it. It's You were just happy to be named an all-star. So I, you didn't care where the guys came from, what teams they played on. You became a team instantly. Grant Fuhrer with us on Sports 1440 nine eleven uh, in Edmonton. Uh, coming up at 9.20, we'll uh, have a little chit-chat with Cam Connor. And uh, you've obviously – you never played with Cam here. That's correct, Grant? Nope, Cam was before my just, time. Just a little bit before, but obviously you've been running into him at – several functions and he's quite the character uh just your your thoughts on cam coming up here yeah no i've had the opportunity to meet him at a couple of different things so it's always been fun <laughs> uh do you like the current um all-star like what's going to be happening here in the next few days with the the teams being picked kind of making uh you know just having some fun and then the three on three what, what do you think of like the the format for the all-star game coming up here in toronto um I'd like to see it a little more competitive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's the games back when it was what were you, Campbell Conference and Campbell and Wales, Wales. Yeah. Those, those games were pretty competitive. So, I mean, yeah, it was offensive and nobody was going to run anybody, but they were still pretty competitive where now it's more about the entertainment value. Mm-hmm. Do you remember as a kid uh, growing up, you know, in Edmonton and area and, watching all-star games before, like, you know, in the seventies and things like that. Oh, I'm old enough to remember when the all-stars used to play the Stanley cup champions. Oh, the year we, before. we were talking so, about that. Yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I'm of the age that I remember that. <laughs> well, I was, I didn't want to get into that, but uh, what do you remember about those days? Cause it was, again, we, we, we touched it off the top here, Grant at, you know, seven o'clock and just the, you know, there were no friends back then. 
Uh, well, you were once you get on the all-star team, but up until that point, you were, there were no friends and the games were ultra competitive. I mean, I think that's the fun part is it was regular hockey. Did, uh, did is there a certain game or whatever you remember or some guys that you watched in, in those games at, the, at that time? Oh, geez. Uh, who would I have remembered back then? Uh, Terry Sawchuk. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Glenn Halls of the world. Um, I was actually just texting with uh, Glenn Hall's uh, son, Patty, because I wanted to let Glenn know because we're having uh, the great Dick Irvin on the show tomorrow. And, of course, you've crossed paths with Dick many times, uh, obviously in Toronto, or sorry, in Montreal, and did yep. uh, Hockey Night in Canada for so many years, Montreal Canadian games. Uh, did, what, did, did you have good conversations with Dick over the years? Yeah, I mean... It's one of those guys you grew up watching. Mm-hmm. So anytime you get to see somebody that you grew up watching, it's always an honor to meet him and get to know him a little bit. Hmm. Well, we're going to have uh, Cam Connors just outside. Uh, can you let him in, uh, Donovan? He's ready to rock and roll in here. So we'll go to take a quick break, and we'll bring Cam in uh, when we come back. Kevin Carius, Grant Fear on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, 918 in Edmonton. Kevin Carius with you in the Sports 1440 studios. We've got uh, Grant Fuhr down in Palm Desert, as he always is on Tuesdays from 9 to 11, and we're very uh, happy to welcome in our next guest in the studio. It's former Edmonton Oiler, Cam Connor, also New York Ranger, uh, played many years in the WHA and had he was probably one of the tougher guys you'd want to not come across in uh, any any league that he was playing in. Uh, Cam, thanks for uh, coming in. Really appreciate you. I ran into you at the uh, Oilers Alumni Curling event. We said, well, yeah, we got to yeah. get this done Oh, here. that's great, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, Grant, you, as we talked about at the start, you played a little bit right after when Cam played here in uh, 79-80, but obviously you, you know all about him and uh, uh, happy to have him on as well. Yeah, most definitely. It's been a while since I've seen Cam. You know, I was just saying the same thing to Kevin. Uh, the last time I think we crossed paths was at the Sutter Brothers Golf Tournament where, you know, I was always hoping I could be on your team because your team always won. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so things started with you for you, Cam, in junior hockey because you're a Winnipeg guy. Correct. But went up to Flin Flon and played for the Bombers. And, I mean, Patty Ganell was one of the tougher guys, tougher coaches. And here's the other thing, you know, I I, I know the the Ganell family, and everyone said Janelle, but he always would yeah. say hard G Patty Ganell. Oh, funny, <laughs> you know, funny. So, but you when you play, Doug Hicks was also on that team. He sure was. Yeah. So, what do you remember about the old Flin Flon Bomber days? Well, the first thing I remember is uh, I played against Patty when I was 17 years old. I went up with the Winnipeg Jets, and you know. I always was physical. Um, that's just the way it was. You had the puck. I took your body first, and then and then I grabbed the puck. Mm-hmm. So I went in there at seventeen, and uh, I just played my normal game in Flin Flon. I never followed hockey as a kid. I just loved playing it, and I didn't know that they had asked four or five other guys at the end of the season to go play in Flin Flon, but they all said no because it was so rough. Long story short, I'm nineteen. I go to Patty's camp. And he said, I noticed you at 17. He said, I wondered, who is that guy running all my guys? And, you know, they had McElhardy and Howard, and they had a tough team. But probably I wouldn't have ran them so much if I knew how tough they really were. (laughs) But one thing that Patty did, if I may say that, I just thought it was unbelievable. So we had 60 guys at training camp. 
and uh, didn't have a lot of money, so we stayed in the in the curling rink, which is attached to the Whitney Forum. And um, so, usually back in those days, your your first day of training camp, it wasn't too hard at all. The morning, afternoon, the second day a little harder, the third a little harder. Well, the morning skate of the first day. He worked us so freaking hard, <laughs> and uh, you just were going to drop. And so some of the guys, they said, hey, this is pretty hard. He goes, wait till this afternoon. Well, the afternoon was even harder than the morning. <laughs> so that night in the curling rink, um, we had about, without lying, 15 to 18 guys just got up and left. And I asked Patty about that. He said, you know, I did that on purpose because – I didn't know who to cut. He said, and I want the guys that didn't really want to play here to leave themselves. Mm-hmm. And so the next day was the easiest practice you ever saw. Wow. Uh, Cam Connor with us in studio, Grant Fuhr in Palm Desert. So, Grant, did you um, did you know about Cam and follow maybe a bit of his career before he got to the NHL when he was playing in the WHA and all those, all those years before he got to the NHL? Yeah, I was a diehard Oiler fan when they were in the WHA. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely know and then followed Cam through the NHL. And actually, I got a question for you, Cam. Yeah, buddy. I missed Patty by a year in Victoria. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Okay. But I heard all the stories about the intermissions and how he might have a moment once or twice. How good were the moments? They, were, they sure motivated me. <laughs> like, we went into New West and – uh you know, we had Claxon on our team and Jerry Rollins. We had a few tough boys out there, and uh, they beat us. They hadn't lost all year in their own rink, and they beat us, and they out-hit us. And uh, so at the end of the game, I remember there was a guy trying to get at me, and we tried to get at each other, and we got thrown out of the game. And uh, long story short, we went on a three-week road trip because, you know, when you play in Flin Flon, Winnipeg-Regina is your closest game at nine hours away. So we get back to New West on the same road trip, and we go out for warm-ups. We come in the dressing room before the game, and Patty went berserk on us, and he showed us the newspaper from New West, and it says, Flin Flon Bombers lose tough image. And he said, I don't care what the score is. I don't care. Get out there and run these guys and fight them. I don't care what the score is. Well, they started... Claxton's a defenseman, but they started him on on left wing. I'm on right wing, and Rollins is at center. And so we had – and they had all their tough guys. And the second the puck was dropped, Clacker went after the guy across from him. <laughs> I went after the guy that, uh, you know, wanted to beat me up the game before, and we brawled him. And um, so we went up in the stands because we all got kicked out, and we're in our suits. And the fans were coming after us, so we had to sit the rest of the game on the bench in our suits because the fans were going to kill us. But, yeah, he he would go berserk on us for sure. Well, that's why we've changed it uh, from the uh, Game of the Day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge to the Gamer of the Day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge. Uh, They have 165 Ram 1500s all dressed up and waiting for you with an incredible 20% off MSRP. That's a savings up to $14,000 as we've got Cam Connor in studio along with Grant Fuhr. So I I think one of the neatest things about your your career in the WHA, Cam, is that you got to play with Gordie Howe and Mark Howe and and Marty Howe. So you got to play with him in Houston for a couple of years you must have been just kind of looking and looking in the mirror and going, man, I'm one lucky son of a gun to be a part of this. I played against him uh, 
for two years mm-hmm. before I got to Houston. And uh, when I got to Houston after the first practice, Gordy come up to me and he said, hey, let's go to the bar for a beer. I said, oh, sure, Gordy, yeah. And he took me to a bar in Houston. I'll never forget it. It had didn't have, it had dirt floors. <laughs> I mean, if you want to call dirt floors. And and so I remember saying, Wow, look at this place. But I'm with Gordy Howe. And Gordy, he said, Do you like fishing? I love fishing, Gordy, but I always fished in lakes. And he said, Well, you know, I can get a good deal on some hip waders. And I didn't need hip waders, but because Gordy was offering me at a good price. So I bought these hip waders, and I swear to God, I carried them around for 25 years before I ever used them. And little did I know, when you keep those things folded, you put them on for the first time, they all leak. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Go ahead, Grant. I'm sure you got lots of comments from the, from those days with, with the Howes in Houston. So when you played in Houston, was Ronnie Graham your goalie at that time? He was, and you know, I just saw Ronnie three months ago. We had a Houston Arrow reunion, and Ruskowski was there too, and Rich Preston, and uh, the, the Howes. Um, it was uh, pretty good. Lukowicz was there. So it was a pretty good reunion, and they all look the same. And, and Mark Howe, he runs, oh, I think he told me something like, uh, this might be exaggerated, but I think he said something like 10 to 15 miles a day. And so his weight is even less than when he played hockey because, you know, we all lost our muscle. We don't look like we used to look. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, they were there. And uh, I, I can't say enough about the house. They were pretty down to earth for sure. And you also had some younger guys too on the team. You were one of the younger guys, I guess you could say that. But I guess everyone's younger than Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> Again, he's like 48. And, yeah. and uh, he, was a, he was so tough. Meaning that he had a, a broken ankle and we were playing, I can't remember which team, and he only needed one more goal for some kind of record. And so, you know, he had a cast on his on his ankles and so he missed the warm up. But next thing you know, they took the cast off, he put his skate on, they had him on the starting lineup, and Bill Deneen was our coach. He was on starting lineup, went out and scored the goal, come back off the ice, put a cast on again. <laughs> He was a tough guy. Oh, yeah. Grant? So of, of all the teams you played for, what was your favorite? Well, probably, you know, there's a couple. Probably Houston because of Bill Deneen. And I don't know if you ever crossed paths with Bill, but um, Teddy Nolan played for him in Adirondack, and he said that was his favorite coach by far. And, when we were at the reunion, all we heard was stories about, we had to get up and talk on the mic, was stories about Bill Deneen and stories about Gordie Howe. And so I would say that was probably my favorite team, and we all got along very well. And the other <clears throat> would be Montreal. Um, so I don't know, Grant, if you experienced this with the Oilers, but when I was with the Rangers after, after a practice, somebody would say, well, let's go for a beer. Let's go for a sandwich. And we had Swedes and Finns on the team. And after practice, the Swedes would go with the Swedes. The Finns would go with the Finns. We had we practiced an hour and a half outside of uh, Manhattan. And the single guys all lived in Manhattan. So right after practice, they'd say, nope, we're going back to the city. And we'd only get maybe five, six guys at the most hmm. for our you know outings after practice. 
And now you in Montreal, and they've won more championships, I understand, than any other pro sport team. And so we'd say that we had Robinson and Dryden and, you know, the Fleur and Ganey. I could go on and on and on. They had 12 Hall of Famers on that team. And, and so we go out after practice, and this is true. <laughs> we would drink from <laughs> 1 to 5.30, just drink beer, yeah. and we'd be sitting around a round table. And back in the days, they had dollar bills. So we'd play what's called bullshit poker with their dollar bills. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we would have, without a lie, probably 16 to 18 guys show up every single day. Mm. And what happened is... We got to know each other as people off the ice, and we played as a unit on the ice. Whereas the Rangers, nobody showed up. We didn't even practice the Matter Square Gardens very often. And so, you know, they hadn't won the team a, a, a championship for, I'm going to say, 55 years. And mm-hmm. so when I look at those two things, it was a, a, it was a real joy playing in Montreal as well because of the guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grant, you, you probably feel the same way with your time here. Oh, most definitely. I mean, we had mandatory team lunches. There so, you go. There you go. I mean, that was the great part about it is you got to hang out with the guys. You look forward to practice, but you look forward to hanging out after practice. And it made everybody close. I think that's the biggest thing is the guys get closer and closer and you yep. want to play for each other. Yep. And that's exactly right. Uh, you know, before you got here, Granton is unfortunate. Uh, Glenn, I know I was the first guy chosen in the – expansion draft when the world hockey merged and glenn i played against him you know for four years so he knew what i i didn't have a very good career in montreal uh a very good year but glenn knew what i could do so he made me the first choice and uh he said cam you're going to be here a long time buy a house well that year i broke my hand twice cracked my kneecap i had food poisoning it was just a black cloud following me. I just never got on track. And uh, with the Oilers, we were going to play the Canadians. So we were in Montreal the last day of the trade deadline. And uh, they didn't have cell phones back in the day. So the trade deadline's at noon hour. It's 10 minutes before 12. We got a 12 o'clock practice. And I got a bucket of pucks. I'm going to go <laughs> on the ice to shoot some pucks. And the sports came on the radio, so I told the boys, I said, hey, let's get all the scoops today because, you know, we didn't know anybody in our team got traded. So the first thing they said was Camp Connor traded for Don Murdoch. <laughs> and my and Semenko and Gretzky said, your jaw just dropped. Well, you don't expect to hear it 10 minutes before trade deadline's over that you just got traded. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, guys that are – this is my experience. The guys that are superstars – you know, they can miss a day two or three without being on skates. And when they do get on skates, it doesn't look like they miss. But the average foot soldier, when you get an option, you go on the ice even for 20 minutes and you don't lose your timing. So when the Oilers traded me, I remember I had all my gear on and I said, well, okay, well, I'll just practice with you guys and then I'll get out of here. And the trainer said, no, you're not an oiler. Get off the ice. You know, you're not going on. And I almost cried. I said, well, 30 seconds ago, I was on the team. <laughs> and so they wouldn't let me, you know, practice. So I, that night I flew into New York. And uh, next day I was in the Rangers team pitches. I didn't know one guy in the pitches with me. Oh. Cam Connor with us uh, in the studio at West Edmonton Mall in the Sports 1440 studios. Kevin Carey show with Grant Fuhr, co-host. 
in Palm Desert. Uh, so in 74, you were the fifth overall pick by the Montreal Canadiens. But back then it was different because both the WHA and the NHL were sort of fighting or jostling for your services. How did that go for you? How was that experience and what led you to the decisions to kind of go the WHA route for a few years? You know, I was fortunate. You're right. I was number five in the NHL draft and I was number four in the WHA draft. And uh, the God's honest truth is I, I... I didn't think I had the ability to be in the NHL. I, I grew up in a pretty negative house and uh, never got a pat on the back, never anything positive. And, uh, and so when I saw I was drafted that high, I remember saying to myself, they must have made a mistake. I said, you know, this, that's pretty high. And, you know, I, I didn't have that confidence, but, you know, I think I owe a lot to like a couple people. One is Patty Gannell. Is that mm-hmm. how yeah. yeah. He he gave me the confidence by naming me. I was a rookie of the of I was a rookie on Flinflon, and he named me captain of the team. And then there was another guy who was my best friend for life. His name was Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. And uh, Rod, he was always a positive guy with me. He mm-hmm. had his issues at home. And um, we just got along. He come up to Flint Flon, and uh, he gave me a lot of confidence in my abilities and what I could do. And uh, and so, you know, I I, I I I I just didn't think I was worthy of that number five position. And when you get to the NHL, and Grant, I don't know when I look at you, you're pretty cool and calm. You're like cool hand Luke, and. You, you don't seem to get rattled, but, you know, you could be like Freddie Shiro once said. They asked him, he said, Freddie, you got so much pressure coming at you. He said, how do you do it? And Freddie thought for a second. He goes, well, I'm like a duck. And the reporters are looking at each other. What the heck does that mean? And then somebody <laughs> asked him, and he says, well, I'm cool and calm above the water, but I'm paddling like hell below. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, so, that's, that's actually a good analogy of it. Well, and that's what I think you might have been like, because you look from the outside, you handle so much pressure, and, uh, you know, I, I admired you with mm-hmm. what you did for the Oilers in net. You, they couldn't have accomplished what they did without you. I honestly believe that. Oh, I think they were pretty good. They'd have been, well, they were. They'd have, done, they'd have done just fine, I think. Yeah, but they just have to fall into a good spot. Yeah, but you got to have goaltending in the playoffs, especially. Okay, you know, the goal is you make the playoffs. But then you make the playoffs. I had Dryden in it, and we just knew that if you got by the forwards, well, we had Robinson, Savard, Lapointe, Langway. Like, we had good D on our team. We didn't say, well, if you could get by those guys – Dryden's going to stop you. And, you know, most of the time he did. He gave us that confidence. And maybe when we weren't playing as well as we could, he would stop that puck until, you know what, we found the light and started scoring at the other end. So that's what I believe. You're right. You had a great team, no doubt about it. But maybe, you know, the nights that they weren't quite on, you kept that door shut and uh, they got their act together many times. That's that's my belief, anyways. And you're a pretty modest guy, so <laughs> I don't know, Grant. I think uh, the two of you guys could have been teammates for a long time. <laughs> well, only if you let me score. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we'll have a little more time here with Cam Connor. We will get to being 
very close friends with Rowdy Roddy Piper, the wrestler, because uh, a lot of people don't realize that he's was from Saskatoon. That's where he was born and spent a lot of time in Canada. But we'll uh, talk with uh, Cam about that with Grant uh, coming up on the Kevin Carey Show with Grant Fear on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program, 941 in Edmonton. Kevin Carius and Cam Connor in studio. Grant Fuhr with us down in Palm uh, Desert. We were just talking about Rowdy Roddy Piper, Grant, and with Cam's association with him be, being a good friend. I might even let you have kind of the first question for Cam about uh, that kind of relationship. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a, a neat angle for sure. Go ahead, Grant. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, obviously, I used to be a fan of the WWF back then. So first question I have is how does it correlate to hockey? Well, you know, my relationship with, with Rod was, I mean, we're just buddies. Like you think about your buddies growing up. That's, he was my buddy and we got into a lot of mischief. (laughs) I don't have a police. Rod has a police record. (laughs) I don't have a police record. I've never been in a cop car, but I outran him a couple of times. I can say that. But, you know, as I said, Rod was very positive in my life. He was a positive person, not only with me, but with everybody around him. Everybody liked Rod. And as I said, I grew up in a very negative house. So, you know, when you get to the NHL, you got, most you look at the dressing room and most of those guys got confidence. You might turn the radio on to, you know, whatever station you want. Somebody would walk up and turn it to their station and then somebody else would walk up and change it to their station. And and with Rod, he just gave me confidence, you know, especially at the age of 19 when I really needed that, uh, especially my draft year. Um, so... I just believed I could do anything uh, playing for Patty Janelle and mm-hmm. with Rod in my corner, just giving me pats on the back and encouraging me. So that's that's how I related to hockey. And so where did you guys meet? And how you said you had lockers beside each other. And- yeah, and I, so he moved in. He he's lived in the Paw, Manitoba, Toronto, Saskatoon, and probably another spot along the way. His dad was uh, worked for CN Railways in the police area. And so he moved into Winnipeg. Our lockers were right next to each other in grade 10. And we didn't talk to each other. And then one day I got a knock at my back door. And it was a couple of my friends. They said to me, hey, Cam, you're a pretty tough guy. And this new guy, Rod, here, he's pretty tough. Why don't you have a fight? I said, sure. So we went into my garage, just the two of us, closed the door, and we went at it. And his hands were so fast. And I did not know that he was the light heavyweight boxing champ of Toronto. And so I said to myself, I'm going to have to knock this guy out if I'm going to beat him. So my hands were pretty fast. So I threw a left and he just moved his head a little bit. My arm sailed by him and I tore my tricep just like a rubber band snaps. That's what my tricep did and ended up having to get it operated on. And so after that, the pecking order was established. Rod, it's just like the movie. I used to have a 650 Triumph motorcycle. He drilled me, and I went over my motorcycle, and anyways, he won. (laughs) And so that's how I met Rod. And after that, we just kind of liked each other, and we hung around, and we hitchhiked to Toronto from Winnipeg, and we were on Young Street. We were there for not an hour. 
and we got conned out of all our money, and we thought we were street smart. <laughs> and then the whole time in Toronto, we had to live at the YMCA. Oh, go ahead, Grant. If you got one more on the on the subject or anything else. <laughs> so actually, I have, do have a question. When you played in Montreal, did you play for Al McNeil? Al McNeil ran the farm team at that time, but he did come up from time to time and was involved in our practice. And I still have a photo at home with Al McNeil took me aside and he was screaming at me. So one of the reporters took a picture. And so I got a picture of Al and me and nobody knows he's screaming at me, but he was. So it was Scotty Bowman in Montreal. Scotty Bowman. Yeah. And Claude Ruel was the assistant coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Cam Connor with us in the Sports 1440 studios and Grant Fuhrer with us uh, also in Palm Desert, our co-host every Tuesday from 9 to 11. So you, in 274 WHA games, you had 904 penalty minutes, 256 penalty minutes in 89 NHL games. That's a lot of penalty minutes, Cam. Who were some of the tougher guys that you had to tangle with, not only in the WHA, but in the NHL that you had to kind of... Well, let's start off with WHA. And I got a story about Semenko, but I don't know if you want to hear it. Yeah, why not? But, well, Dave was, Dave was, I was Dave's first fight, his first shift in pro hockey. And uh, he was my third fight that shift. Because <laughs> I, I just scored a goal in the go, in the defenseman on the Oilers, two-handed me over the ankle. So I fought that guy enough time. I knew I could take him. And so I beat him up. And in the middle of that first fight, uh, Paul Schmier. He come over and suckered me, and I'm still fighting the first guy. So now I grab the two of them, and they're throwing haymakers at me, and they're starting to pull my jersey over my head. And uh, then the linesman grabbed the first guy. So now I'm mad because I got suckered, so I'm starting to give it to him. And in the middle of my second fight, Semenko suckered me. <laughs> and uh, But I had lunch with Semenks, and Grant, you probably don't know this either. I haven't told too many people. But I was having lunch with Semenks after I retired here in Edmonton, and I, uh, we were buddies because we lived 30 seconds apart from each other, and we played tennis and different things together all the time, racquetball. So we're having lunch, and I said, so Semenks, do you know how you got to Edmonton? And he said, well, yeah, I got, I got traded here. Because I said, well, sort of. So what it was is when I was in Houston playing for the Arrows, Bill Deneen, the coach, came up to me and he said, Cam, do you know a guy named Dave Semenko? You're from Winnipeg. I said, yeah, I'm from Winnipeg. He goes, yeah, Dave's from Winnipeg. Do you know him? And I think there's like a four or five-year age difference between us. And I said, no, I don't. Why? He goes, well, we own his rights in the WHA, and uh, Glenn Sayer there at Edmonton really wants this guy, and I don't know if I should trade him. And I said, well, if you want, I got a buddy or two of mine in Winnipeg that go, because he was playing for Brand New Week Kings at the time. And he said, I got, I said, I got some buddies that watch all the junior games. Do you want me to check on what they think of Semenko? He said, would you mind doing that? So I phoned my buddy Riley, who's like 22, 23. He is an electrician at CN Railways. And I told him what Bill Deneen wanted. And he said, well, Brandon's coming in for two games this week. I'll watch it and I'll call you and let you know. So at the end of the week, Riley phones me up and he said, yeah, I've watched Semenko. And he said, he's flipping, uh, he, he's awful. He said, trade <laughs> the guy. And so Semenko's listening to this and he said, wait a sec, wait a sec. You mean some flipping guy 
<laughs> who's an electrician from CN Airways, <laughs> determined my hockey career? I said, that's exactly how you got here, Dave, because Riley didn't like you. And I said, you should thank him because you had 40 years on the payroll here. So, and that night, so, th- so they brought him right up, and the first game was against us. And I remember I'm in the hallways taping my stick. And I know all the guys walking by me. And then I see one guy who's a head taller than everybody else. And I remember saying to myself, oh, no, I hope that's not Semenko. And, you know, sure enough, it was. So, hmm. Lots of good stories with Semenko, Grant. Oh, yeah. But that one's funny. I like that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, true story. Cam Connor with us in the Sports 1440 studios. At the end of your career, Cam, uh, you played in the CHL with Tulsa. Yeah. And it, I always look, when I look at that roster, there was a lot of guys that ended up playing. They were from the 1980 um, Olympic hockey team for the United States. Well, that's because my style, I, you know, I tend to play aggressive and so on and so forth. But they brought in Herb Brooks and uh, Craig Patrick, who Herb was the coach of the Olympics and Craig Patrick was the GM. And when he came to the Rangers, he said, oh, no, no. We're, we're going to bring in the Olympic team guys because mm-hmm. they're fast skaters and that's the way the game should be played. So, you know, with me, I, Freddie Shiro brought me in and he's more of a physical grinder type coach. And uh, I was a victim of, I just didn't fit into what he thought a hockey player should be on his team. So they, you know, I got sent to, I got sent to as well as some of the Olympic guys, you know, who didn't make the team that year got sent to Tulsa, but I may say mm-hmm. this. We only played a handful of games in Tulsa. The team folded, and we played every single game on the road Ooh. for the rest of the year. Didn't know that. Every game, and uh, it was, you know, we won the whole Central Hockey League championship. We had Johnny Van Beesbrook as our goalie, and uh, Johnny, he had a lot of confidence. <laughs> he was so cocky that the guy shaved him twice. <laughs> Just because just he was so cocky. Oh and so, but we had a, we had a decent team. We we did, and uh, we bonded because, I mean, we had to hang around for three quarters of the season, you know, on the road together. And uh, we made Denver our home and lived out of hotels. And uh, hmm. and that's the only time we had a bench brawl in, in Denver. Yeah. And Jeff Brubaker and I grab each other and we go against the boards and we see a guy in the stands because George McPhee, he was a good buddy of mine also. He was in the stands because he was hurt or something. And uh, anyways, there was a brawl going on between some of our players went into the stands. So George ran around to help. And then this guy who was in the audience who was just a nasty man every single game (laughs) pulled a gun out. Oh. So he's standing there with a revolver. And me and Brew Baker were looking. We go, just that guy with a gun right there? And we, you know, hey, ref. And we tell the ref. Anyways, they came and the police came and they arrested two or three of the guys. Oof. And uh, we found out the guy that pulled the gun out, he was an off-duty cop. <laughs> wow. Uh, Grant, have you got one more for Cam before uh, we kind of end our time with him here? So of all the guys you fought, who's the toughest? Uh, probably Ben Wilson. Um, I fought him. Like I told you, when I was with the Oilers, I broke my hand twice and a few other injuries. And I don't know if you ever had your hand in a cast, but, you know, they tell you if you didn't play hockey, well, you need to six weeks before you're ready to go again. Well, 
it was a matter of weeks, and they took the cast off, and we were playing against the Flyers, and I took him out, Wilson out against the boards right in front of the Oilers bench, and he just turned around and he elbowed me right in the chops. <laughs> so I got to fight him, but I could only fight him with one hand because if I hit him with my left, it would break again for the third time. And so, you know, we had a, I was throwing uppercuts because that's all I could really do. And then he ended up getting some good shots in me. But I'm not saying if both hands were working, I would have beat him. But he was probably, you know, the toughest guy in the NHL that I fought. What's keeping you busy now, Cam? You know, I work in the summertime um, just to, for exercise. I'm a crop adjuster. Mm-hmm. And so I go out into when there's hail. I go out and I uh, work for an insurance company and I go out and uh, me and some other guys that know what they're doing, we'll go, we evaluate the hail loss. And uh, so that that's what I do all summer. Plus, you know, I have uh, a podcast. We've done, my son and I have done 53 podcasts. And at one time it was number one in Canada ahead of, for hockey. Yep. And um, so we kind of backed off a little bit, but my son said, we're going to start again. So it's called View from the Penley Box. Uh, So that's what's keeping me busy. Uh, Cool stuff. Can't thank you enough for coming in, Cam. My pleasure, buddy. Thank you. Grant, good talking to you too. Hey, great seeing you again. Great hearing some old stories. Uh, That's the Gamer of the Day brought to you by St. Albert Dodge with an industry-leading 4.6 Google review rating. Head up the trail. St. Albert Dodge, see how easy it is to do business with the great people up there, uh, check out stalbertdodge.com. When we come back, it will be Are You In or Are You Out with Grant Fuhr. And plus, we'll have Jake Fisher from Yahoo Sports, senior NBA reporter. That's coming up at 1020. Uh, before that, here is a Sports 1440 update with the Duke.